All right. So uh, we are talking about Gandhi this week. And for our cold open, we thought we'd talk about casting near misses, roles that were almost cast with somebody else, but eventually went to, I guess, a better actor. You don't have to do a better actor. If, if you think that there's a really good near miss where someone should have played the role <laughs> instead. Uh, but uh, just based on Gandhi, Ben Kingsley was almost not cast. Um, I don't know if you know who was almost cast in Ben Kingsley's place. I don't. Anthony Hopkins. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Anth- you want to know why Anthony Hopkins didn't take the role of Gandhi? Was, I mean, he, us- was he the good guy and say, I, I'm not Indian? <laughs> You, you wish. Uh, uh, apparently, he told his father he was going to be playing Mahatma Gandhi. And his father said, oh, it's going to be a comedy, is it? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, uh, who would like to start us out with a near miss that, that they are a fan of? I got a few. Okay. Yay. All right. So all of these, I believe, were wanted... <laughs> But they didn't, uh, most of these, or a couple of these were because of scheduling conflicts. But my first one was Will Smith as Django. Um, mm. Apparently he turned it down because he wanted it to be a love story and not a vengeance story. <laughs> oh. Which I would have loved to have seen Will Smith in a Tarantino movie. Yeah. But I don't think that's something I feel like should happen at the same time. I think that's just... I. I really think he could have worked as Django. Yeah. Yeah. But I, th- I think Jamie Foxx ends up being the right choice, but I think yes. he could have worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my next one, Matt Damon as Harvey Dent in uh, <laughs> oh. Dark Knight. Oh. Apparently turned that down because he had a scheduling conflict. Oh, that's a shame that he would have been great in that role. But Aaron Eckhart is perfect in that role. Don't don't tell that to uh, past guest Jason Plant. Oh, what is his problem? He just does not like Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> He's a, okay. Fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my last one is my personal favorite, uh, Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, uh, Steven Spielberg wanted Harrison Ford. George Lucas is like, oh, we should get that Tom Selleck guy. But uh, apparently he was a little busy with a Magnum P. Mm. Couldn't do it. Magnum 3.14. Yeah. (laughs) Those are the ones I got. Very nice. I like those. Good. I've got some, some, a couple random ones. Um, And then one I just kind of learned today while I was looking over some examples. Um, One that always makes me laugh is uh, John Travolta as Forrest Gump. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, what kind of movie would that be with John Travolta? I mean, I don't know. Right. Oh, my God. Life's like a box of chocolates. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hey, Mr. Cattell. I guess if he'd done that, he wouldn't have been in Pulp Fiction or something. I don't know. Maybe. Um, Right. Then... uh, Sean Connery as Gandalf. <laughs> I saw Christopher Plummer was also up for Gandalf oh, as well. Plummer would have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Ian yeah. McKellen ends up being the oh, right yeah. choice. Right, right. 
he's the wrong choice for Magneto, but he's so good as Gandalf. <laughs> the one I learned today was that uh, George Clooney and Paul Newman were considered as young and old versions of Noah in the Notebook, and yeah. I never knew that. That's <laughs> I th- I think it could have worked. Uh, it might have Clooney. I don't know if he was quite at the stage where he kind of evolved his his acting to what it is I think now. He's still been a bit too old, probably. Too silver. Yeah. <laughs> and then my last one, uh, it's uh, often talked about, so it's probably not a surprise, but it's one I, would, I wouldn't I would want it to have happened, but I would have loved to have seen a screen test of Al Pacino as Han Solo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and he's, was, not, he's not quite into screamy Al Pacino mode at that right. point. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to see if Paul brings it up, but I'd like to hear Paul's. Yeah, me too. Because there's another one in that role. Oh, okay. Uh, you you go ahead and bring that one up because it wasn't on yeah. mine. Yeah, because uh, Christopher Walker, uh, Walken, was also oh, yeah, up yeah, for yeah. Han yeah, Solo. Because yeah. <laughs> I remember we used to make jokes about that. Great kid, but don't get cocky. Don't. My Walken is terrible. <laughs> I haven't done it in so long. It, mine's going to also be bad. <laughs> Let's right, blow this thing and go home. <laughs> much better than mine (laughs) very nice (laughs) what do you got sir um well i'll do i'll do a couple of the notorious ones that everyone knows uh of course uh buddy epson who ends up being uh, jed clampett on the beverly hillbillies was almost the tin man in the original wizard of oz but had an allergic reaction to the silver face paint so i know that because of house (laughs) (laughs) i know that because of better things than house (laughs) Which is anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm not fighting you. You're not <laughs> wrong. But yeah, I like the first couple of seasons. Pe- people like what they like. I, I yeah, enjoy I medical just... procedurals. <laughs> I enjoy Disney Channel sitcoms. I yeah. have no taste. Um, <laughs> then, of course, uh, Eric Stoltz, who actually shot for like five weeks on Back to the Future and mm-hmm. had no chemistry with Christopher Lloyd. So they reshot everything he did with Michael J. Fox. Thank the movie gods for that. Yeah. Um, and oh, what was the other one? Just thinking of um, Doug Ray Scott, who was almost Wolverine, but left the, the original X-Men to go work on everyone's favorite Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible 2, <laughs> directed by John Wu. Yeah. Uh, and was then replaced with uh, some guy named Hugh Jackman. Hmm. I don't know if you know who that is. The name. Jack Human? Yeah. <laughs> Huge Ackman. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Uh so yeah, I think I'll uh I'll think I'll just stick with kind of the the big banner ones. Yeah. Nice. Oh oh uh, and also Jack Nicholson was almost uh Michael Corleone, yep. the Godfather. Which ah, uh, been... I remember you told me about that because uh, he's the Godfather. What other one did he? What other movie did he pass up? Um, oh, he passed in that interview. He, he was like, there were two big ones. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, now I can't remember French Connection or something. Was that the other one? I don't, know. I don't think it was French Connection, but it was something along the lines of that. Yeah. Broke my heart, Fredo. <laughs> <laughs> but he ended up doing Chinatown instead. Which yeah, yeah, not. <laughs> Not a great loss. Yeah. No, like, and, and the other one he passed up, he 
went on and did something else amazing. Like, yeah. Like, could you imagine not doing two of the greatest films of all time and instead doing two of the greatest films <laughs> of all time? <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, those, those would be mine. Thank you. All right. Well, want to talk about a movie? Let's talk about a movie. Beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worthy Podcast, the show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching Gandhi, the story of the Indian political leader who championed nonviolence and no touchy sex parties. No touchy. No touchy. Uh-uh-uh, not in my house. Yep. All right. This is everybody's first time watching this movie. Yes. No. Also, no. <gasps> yeah, I'm not surprised by that. This is one of the ones you predicted for me, Paul, wasn't it? No, I don't believe so. Uh, no. The next one I have for you is Out of Africa. Okay, good. Was this one of the ones you predicted for me? I think it was. So, womp womp. <laughs> hey, you're uh, you're two for the three because yeah. you guessed four. So, so Still you're out. two for my five. Yeah. All right, um, Zach. Do you remember the first time you watched this? Yes, it's kind of a funny, brief story. Uh, I was one of those people who's like into Gandhi in my early twenties, and um. I had like a poster on my wall, not of the movie, but just like him with a quote or something. Mm. And um, I hadn't seen the movie, but I finally got a copy and Caitlin and I weren't married yet. We were dating and I was always like, Hey, let's go back to, to my house and watch Gandhi. And (laughs) she was like, isn't it like three hours? (laughs) It just became like this running joke. Like whenever we'd be about to hang out and you're like, do you want to watch Gandhi? But then finally, one day we did. And <laughs> we, nice. yeah. Talk more about that later. Okay. How about you? Uh, I was in middle school when I watched this movie. Ooh. It was the first film I ever watched because I knew it won Best Picture. Oh. Wow. And I just saw the the two VHS set in the local video store, the, the, the <laughs> one I have talked about in numerous times. And uh, I was like, oh. This one best picture. That means this must be a good movie. I rented it <laughs> and I watched it. And um, I remember enjoying it because, you know, as, as we were kind of talking about with Adam Lance Garcia, when he was on it, one best picture, it was kind of bigger than most movies I had seen at that point. It reminded me of a couple of epics that I had watched on TV before that time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this, this feels like a film that should have won best picture. And, so I have mythologized it in my mind up to this point. Yeah. Well, there you go. Shall we do an Oscar breakdown? Yes, please. Yeah. Break it, down. it is a. I don't want to. Moist. Fall me. 
<laughs> Moist and balmy April <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, We're still at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in Los Angeles, California. Our hosts of the evening are Liza Minnelli, Dudley Moore, Richard Pryor, and Walter Matthau. Combo breaker. Johnny Carson (laughs) must have been too busy, much like he was for our Thursday episode this week, King of Comedy. Yeah. So before we get started, yes. Did you figure out what movie I said should have won every category yet? Dust Boat. It was not The Boat. <laughs> um, just to ruin the, or, you know, get rid of the tension here. Pink Floyd's The Wall came out this year. Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, all right. <laughs> the Alan Parker film that's better than, uh, uh, God damn it, I forgot the name of that stupid movie. I that watched one. it just a couple weeks ago, too. Oh, my God. What are we doing? <laughs> Got nominated for Best Picture. Midnight Express. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pink Floyd's The Wall Rules. It's an amazing movie. Yes. Uh, Alan Parker calls it the most expensive student film he ever made. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it sniffs its own farts. All right. Yeah. Uh, I also watched that film in middle school. Should not have watched that film. Oh, God, no. <laughs> My mom did not let, like, my mom knew, like, I was a Pink Floyd fan from one month old, and she would not let me watch The Wall until at least high school. My, yeah, a friend of mine in my neighborhood at the time, his brother had The the Wall on cassette, and I used to listen, mm. we used to listen to it constantly. We were like, oh my god, this is incredible. Yep. And then one day he was like, there's a movie, and he, my brother has it. So we went over to his house and watched The Wall. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely one of those things. I I think I didn't see it till I was like sixteen. So I mean, still high school, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where you're watching it and you're like feeling a little naughty, but but also like it's cool and like you're doing something that is transcending. <laughs> yeah, outside of you know the Georgia O'Key flowers and uh, oh, what song is it? Young Lust. Young Lust, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Young Lust. I, I'd say those are really the only two parts. Yeah. But wholesome yeah. family entertainment. Yeah. yeah. Thank All you right. for bringing that up. Yeah. All right. Uh, most nominations on the evening go to Gandhi at 11. Most awards on the evening go to Gandhi at 8. Oh. It does not full sweep. The Ocho. The Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done. Arr. Gar Peter. Richard Attenborough, the producer of the film, wins Best Picture for Gandhi over E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Missing, Tootsie, and The Verdict. Tootsie. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tootsie, of course, being produced by Dick Richards. (laughs) Dick Dick. (laughs) Dick Richard. Richard Richards. Dick 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 Picks. (laughs) Um, Question. Do you think? Did they spend a lot of money? Like, did Richard Attenborough spend a lot of money making this movie? Oh, yeah. So he spared no expense? He spared no expense. Yes. Wonderful. Somebody had to happen at some point. I I said that to somebody. I was like, oh, yeah, this is directed by Richard Attenborough, who is, of course, John Hammond from Jurassic Park. And they were like, oh, spared no expense. 
Yeah, it's just a three hour and eleven minute movie. Yeah, <laughs> he spared no. <laughs> yeah, mostly got mo- got most of his money from India. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Richard Attenborough also wins Best Director for Gandhi, uh, beating out Wolfgang Peterson for Das Boot. Mm. I just want to say Wolf Wolfgang Peterson. Yeah. Uh, all right. Ben Kingsley wins Best Actor as Gandhi in Gandhi. Gandhi. <sighs> God, he was so good. He's he's just so fucking good. He's so very good. Mm-hmm. I love Ben Kingsley so much. This this was the he first picks role. So weird. This is the first film I remember him from. Even though, as I said, I watched this in middle school. I had seen Schindler's List first. <laughs> God, <laughs> Dude, the first they were really movie. just like Paul. Go watch whatever movie you want. Like the <laughs> first. Movie I can remember seeing Ben Kingsley in, like outside of anything I maybe have seen him in passing as a kid, was uh, oh, what was that one British movie where he's a bad guy? And it's Sexy Beast, Sexy Beast, yes. <laughs> oh, we're talking like this. <laughs> oh, sexy Beast, I'm gonna stab you in the heart, Ray Winstone. <laughs> You'll be a cunt. <laughs> Do Ben Kingsley as a cockney guy for the rest of the night. <laughs> Best actress goes to Mel Street for Sophie's Choice. Oh yeah, Sophie's Choice. I feel like geez. you went a little my cocaine there. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I got too carried away trying not to laugh while doing it. Uh, yeah, Meryl Streep wins uh, Best Actress for Sophie's Choice, mm-hmm. beating out a wonderful list of women: Julie Andrews, Jessica Lange, Sissy Space, Deborah Winger. Really, must have been the Sophie's Choice. Of picking a best actress. Mm, Waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Jessica Lang, of course, uh, getting nominated for Francis, playing Francis Farmer. Yeah. Uh, best supporting actor goes to Lou Gossett Jr. for an officer and a gentleman, making him only the second black actor to, uh, or the first black actor since Sidney Poitier to win an Academy Award. So, third black actor overall. We were in 1983. Yeah. In 20 years. Great job. Yeah. Uh, he is the first black actor to win Best Supporting Actor, and he rules in this I Love an Officer and a Gentleman. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen it, you need to see an officer and a gentleman. I have nowhere else to go. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite light in all of these. Uh, Best Supporting Actress goes to Jessica Lange for Tootsie, making her only the third actress to be nominated for Actress and Supporting Actress in the same evening. Uh, she beats out her co-star Terry Gar. Gar. Who's Gar. Uh, best Screenplay, written directly for the screen, goes to John Briley for Gandhi. Uh, best Screenplay, based on material from another meeting, medium, goes to Missing. Uh, going to Costas Gravas and uh, Donald E. Stewart, uh, beating out David Mamet for the verdict. Uh-huh. And Wolfgang Peterson for Dotspo. Thanks. Uh, best foreign language film goes to Spain for Begin the Beguin. I do not know how to pronounce that word. I'm very sorry. B E G U I N E. Beguin. 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 Beguin.
Penguin. <laughs> Begin the Penguin. <laughs> um, best documentary feature goes to just another missing kid. Oh, wow. Just any one of them. Anyone. Those kids. They're missing this. I'm sure that's a very serious film that I'm mocking now. No, I'm just loving reading the documentaries. If you, It's a really interesting sentence if you read them down a line. Just another missing kid after the axe bends mill in our water a portrait of Giselle. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, did you see that In Our Water was directed by Meg Switzgable? I see that now. Because that's a fun name. Yeah. Uh, best documentary. Short subject goes to If You Love This Planet. If you love this planet and want to keep it green, would you lie to me? Oh. Very nice. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, best live action short film goes to A Shocking Accident. Oh my. So shocking. Now I want to know what it is. Oh. <laughs> Jonathan wasn't staring at the screen <laughs> to see my shocking act. Goddamn. <laughs> it pokes. It prods. Uh, best animated short film goes to Tango. The lizard? <laughs> That's Rango. Oh, you're right. And spoiler <laughs> alert, that wins best animated feature. <laughs> uh, best original score brings us to a podcast within a podcast, John Williams Oscar. John Williams Oscar watch brings us another John Williams win for E.T. the extraterrestrial. Hooray. This is first since star Wars in 1977, making this his fourth Oscar. Yeah. Hmm. Well said poltergeist didn't win. Though. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Goldsmith just won one. No. Um, must've been a real Sophie's choice not to pick Marvin. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, hilarious. I am hilarious. Uh, I'll continue John Williams Oscar watch by skipping over. We have two score categories again, but I'm going to skip over that one for the moment to go to best original song. Cause John Williams is nominated <clears throat> for doing the music for if we were in love from yes, Giorgio lyrics by Alan Bergman and Marilyn Bergman. Hmm. Also apparently do music for it might be you from Tootsie or the lyrics for that song with the music by Dave Gruston, which absolutely shouldn't be there because all of the music from Tootsie is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Uh, both of those lose to up where we belong. From an officer. <laughs> where, where we belong. When the vehicles fly. <laughs> I just, I, I did not look at this category close enough because Alan Bergman and Marilyn Bergman are also nominated for the lyrics <laughs> for how do you keep the music playing for best friends <laughs> three Academy Award nominations in one category congratulations <laughs> so kudos on them three noms three songs same uh, category here but how did up where we belong be eye of the tiger because uh, it's a better song no eye of the tiger sucks. No. it's a terrible no. song no, you're I wrong, hate it. and you're wrong. Do you hate it because it's overused? Or yes, you... of course, because it's popular and people like it. 
Oh no. So that's why Paul hates it. It is it is horrifically overused. <laughs> I also just hate that song. <laughs> it's one Fair of those enough. songs that unfortunately it comes on the radio all the time, so I know all of the lyrics too. And that's yep. what you get for listening to radio. That's why I only listen to podcasts <laughs> now, which all use I have the tiger as their theme <laughs> songs. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> uh <laughs> Going back to best original song score and its adaptation or adaptation score, because this one that needs us all off. Be a category. Um, Victor Victoria wins. Henry Mancini and Leslie Recuse beating out one from the heart song score by Tom Waits. Oh my gosh. Tom Waits lost an Academy Award to anybody. Yep. Mm. Yep. I'm so <sighs> mad. He better win Best Supporting Actor for Licorice Pizza this year. That's all I'm saying. I haven't even seen it. And I haven't I either, agree. but he's, he's in it. <laughs> yep. He's he should have won it for Seven Psychopaths. Mm. Yeah. 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 On my team. Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I Hell still yeah. need oh, to watch that. so good in that movie. God, I have not seen him not be good. He is incapable of it. Yeah. Hey, hey I, no. Uh, there's always that thing that goes around that's like, if you if if you couldn't have Morgan Freeman narrate your life, who would who would you have narrate your life? My answer is always Tom Waits, <laughs> because I know that he's going to go off on weird tangents in the middle of my life that have nothing to do. <laughs> Just be like, what's he building in there? <laughs> and Paul goes off to the video store once again, and he sees a buzzard. Did you know that? buzzards have to throw up all their food before they fly so either they have to starve or they don't fly that was really good really good yes <laughs> it's like in order to do Tom Waits you just have to imagine Heath Ledger's Joker smoking three packs a day yeah, and you have it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm going, you know, of course, I'm going for modern Tom Waits because, oh, yeah, if it's yeah. younger Tom Waits, it's a little bit higher. It sounds a little more like this. An alligator puss. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to sing Heart of Saturday Night, but now Tom Waits just sounds like Cookie Monster with just onset adult depression. <laughs> 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 we need to keep going. <laughs> God. Just got to start start calling up people talking like that. I will. I I always when when I worked when I worked um, pizza delivery and I would um, answer the phones. I always wanted to answer the phones like Macho Man Randy Savage, and I'm so sad I never did. Just like mm, yeah. <laughs> Mm, what can I get you today? Would you like pepperoni? Mm. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, now we could just fake some of our guests. Yeah. <laughs> and here, back from the dead, Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, I love Gandhi. Mm. <laughs> Pretty much based the Macho Man character on Gandhi. 
Thank you for coming to Paul's Impression Corner. Now back <laughs> to our Oscar breakdown. Break it down. Best sound effects editing goes to E.T., the extraterrestrial, giving Ben Burt, I think, his first competitive award. He's won a couple of uh, special awards for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But I think that's his first competitive one. Uh, best sound goes to E.T., beating out Tron, making its first and I believe only showing in the Academy Awards. Hmm. If I was going to give it one, it'd probably be that. Well, if I was going to give it one, it'd be one a little bit later. I'll get there. Best oh. makeup goes to Quest for Fire. Oh, uh, best sound, E.T. beat out Gandhi. Best makeup, Quest for Fire beats out Gandhi. Ah, that's got to be a tough call. Another. Sophie's choice. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Gonna shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We're never gonna make it through this episode. Okay, best costume design goes to Gandhi. Oh no, there's there's Tron. Okay, so Tron's got yep. two two nominations. All right, best art direction goes to Gandhi, beating out Blade Runner, which um I don't agree with. Mm, no. Best cinematography goes to Gandhi. I might yeah. have more. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get there. All yeah. right, mm-hmm. best film editing goes to Gandhi. And best visual effects, which Tron should have won, goes to E.T. Over, mm, I would put Poltergeist over E.T. And honestly, of these three that are nominated, E.T., Poltergeist, and Blade Runner, I'm giving it to Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For visual effects? For visual effects. But I, Tron, I, I get it. Tron should have been nominated and won. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our honorary award tonight, our one and only honorary award, goes to Mickey Rooney in recognition of his 60 years of versatility and a variety of memorable film performance. That should have said, including Peach Dragon. It does not for some reason. It's a great big universe and we're all really puny. We're just tiny little specks about the size of Mickey Rooney. <laughs> uh, Gene Herschelt's Humanitarian Award goes to Walter Mirisch. The Gordon E. Sawyer Award goes to John O. Alberg. And that is our Oscar breakdown. Wonderful. That, that was us, a breakdown. <laughs> took us a while. A breakdown of yeah. all <laughs> kinds. We got there. Breakdown of wits and composure and you name it, it broke down. It got broken down. All right, let's talk about this movie. Let's talk about this movie. Good movie. I enjoyed this movie. Good movie. Me too. I, um, I don't think it quite lived up to the to the mythologizing that I have been doing for about the past 20 plus years, but I think it's still very good. It is really yeah. good. Um, yeah. I'm waiting for you to not see this movie up, though. I mean, I'm just afraid. <laughs> there are notes if you want them up front. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, Gandhi's uh, passport protest at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, in real life was not a protest to make Indians more equal. It was a, in South Africa, it was a protest to uh, say that the Indians and the Africans, the black Africans in South Africa should not be using the same entrances Uh. because Gandhi in his early years was a fervent racist. Yes. Something Uh Something he would amend in his later life. 
but something that is very part of his history, which mm-hmm. I under I understand glossing over, but because I feel like that would have added something to the movie. It could have added something to the movie. I like I say, I I understand three hours and trying to like span fifty years. How yeah, that not being part of the narrative. Well, I mean, that's how the movie starts. Is like, hey guys, this guy did a lot, and we're not going to catch the fucking day by day. So, <laughs> yeah. but but the fact that they changed the meaning of that yeah. protest, I think, is important. Yes. Yeah. Um, Gandhi uh, apparently would sleep naked with his uh, teenage nieces to prove that to prove to himself that he didn't need to touch uh, naked women. Yes, the no touchy sex parties. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not something you should do, folks. Something I probably should have put a trigger warning up front. Sorry about that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um. And. For what I've read, those are the big things. Yeah. And yeah. Really? Sucks. I, yeah. I get it. No man is perfect. And right. uh, apparently a big thing when he got uh, Attenborough got a bunch of money from the Indian government was that uh, they said, try not to deify Gandhi because he was still a human. And uh, many critics of this film feel like that's exactly what the film did. Yeah. 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 A little uh, bit. A little bit. They definitely could have touched on some things. I mean, you show a couple times where he wavers or has some anger, but still, like... But those were, I mean, just barely going, hey, this guy's human. Like, yeah, that's yeah. really all that they were doing. Yeah. yeah. And apparently he, oh, apparently he was very abusive towards his children and didn't have a very good relationship with them to the end of his life. Mm. Not Which I would guess would explain why his children weren't really represented much in the movie yeah. yeah so that's that is the shortcomings of gandhi the man yeah mm-hmm. now we're going to talk about gandhi the character in this movie who i think ben kingsley does a wonderful job amazing yeah damn it's absolutely one of those movies where sometimes i forget i'm watching an actor because he yes uh, apparently you and a lot of people in india who could swear that Ben Kingsley was the reincarnated ghost of <laughs> Mohandas Kekanti. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead, Zach. I was just going to say, uh, I mean, it's, I can't believe Anthony Hopkins was almost, at it's, least they, they got a guy who was half Indian, <laughs> at least. <laughs> well, yeah. he went off to go do the hunchback in Notre Dame. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pr- pretty wild because he, he was on a pretty long list. Like this film took about 20 years to get made. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and he was on a pretty long list of other white people <laughs> that almost became Gandhi. He was just the most recent <laughs> for this specific version of the film. <sighs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'm not aware of any other instances of a round face or anything. I mean, to my knowledge, the film seems pretty well uh cast as far as yeah right. accurate and 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 from what i uh, and i tried to research to see if kingsley did brown face and apparently he just spent a lot of time in the sun and that's how he got darker complexions through a nice. lot of the movie mm-hmm. so good it, there's allegedly no brown face going on in this movie at all yeah yeah i could not find notes on that and i did search for them and i actually had to look because I like I didn't I've only known Ben Kingsley to play British guys 
He's very white passive. And he's yeah. very white passive. So I did not know. And I was like, but he's doing really well. So I actually looked him up and apparently he is half Indian. Yeah. So like yes. his, his father, I think, is his father is Indian and his father's family is from the same like like uh area as mm-hmm. Gandhi was from. Mm-hmm. Kind of lucked yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I have a um special place in my heart for this movie because when Caitlin and I did first watch it, we both really ended up liking it. Um mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> like I've gone on to make Pinterest boards full of different inspiring quotes, and there's several Gandhi in there. I mean, it, it's cliche to say that he's always going to be one of those guys, and I've you know learned his shortcomings. Uh, like you said, it's I'm glad that he did overcome the racism and um, the the practice of nonviolence is so awesome and inspiring. And you know, beyond like Martin Luther King Jr. and other people who've seen this movie specifically. <laughs> I saw like some note about I didn't know the guy, um the what are they called? The moneyless man or whatever. Some guy saw this movie and he's like, I'm gonna live moneyless because of Gandhi. But um yeah, I, I think the way it's shot is very old fashioned, but it suits the topic. It, mm, it it really, really feels like um a David Lean movie. <laughs> I was gonna say uh the Richard Attenborough was inspired very specifically by Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like opening up the movie with Gandhi's death and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it yeah, it looks like like David Lean or like later Cecil B. DeMille. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh I will say for a three hour plus movie, I wouldn't have cut a single thing. I, I was in it the whole time. I'll say I maybe would have cut it at the independence of india there's a lot of stuff i do like on the back end but i feel like i get that like when he's walking up when like he's walking up the stairs right after like the flags and everything or right before the flags go up and everything like that i'm just like oh man there's still an hour left in this movie but i really liked everything after that because like it's just watching him tear him like just like look at what we did and you fucked it up immediately like and, watching that tear him up i'm just like and again oh, it feels good. like it feels like it's trying to be lawrence of arabia where yeah that's the exact same thing that happens <laughs> in that movie. Mm. but no i i was i was in this one i didn't even think about jonathan in this movie like it was it never at one point never i watched it after a pretty easy day of work that came after a pretty rough day of work and mm. i almost assumed i was gonna fall asleep during this movie but then i didn't yeah, yeah. Not a lot to say on this one again because it's such a good movie that I mean, yeah it it's it's three hours and like my it's my hard biggest, to recommend a three hour movie though it is, is. and like I said my biggest criticism is I, I don't I don't know if it's too long but it's one of those ones where once it kind of hit once it kind of hit the the independence of India which feels like pretty much the denouement. Like yeah. everything else is falling action. So like the last 30, 35, 40 minutes of this movie just feels like you're barreling into nothing but falling action. Yeah. And I think for me, that's a little long for like the whole goal of the first two acts is freeing India. Yeah. To where when it happens, it feels like a third act has already been tacked on, but then the third act starts and it's like, I don't know if I need to watch this much intricacy of the politics 
of yeah. India at that time. But uh, if we're going to show it, maybe parse it down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I just don't think that they wasted any film. That's fair. Yeah. I think uh, beyond anything, this is one of those movies that um, really got me even more interested in the real life stuff. And as, as far as with that, with the exception of the couple of things that glossed over or altered, um, it is apparently pretty historically accurate and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those ones that I know a lot of people have like watched when they were in high school or something like in, in school in a history class. Um, and it, it did just, it, it had that big epic feeling to it. But ultimately, it's Ben Kingsley's movie, and yeah, yeah, yeah and, he and it. he's so engaging in this film. Yeah, like he's he is never dull to watch right. at any point, and I think he kind of solely saves the last bit of this movie yeah. from from falling into just complete maudlin disrepair. He he gives it such an even keel. He never feels like he's trying to ham it up to play bigger he's such a steady actor he's so good in everything yeah even in piss poor roles like fucking iron man 2 <laughs> was that iron man 2 or iron man 3 iron man 3 oh, was it 3 it yeah. was 3 either way fuck he did so goddamn good and then they pissed it they pissed it away he he redeemed they redeem him in uh hail to the king the one shot Oh, if you I haven't seen, seen it, it, it's on Disney Plus. It's only okay. like it's okay. only like ten minutes. It's really I will good. Watch that immediately after. This. It's it's Trevor after he's sent to jail. Uh, there, if if not that I need to sell you on it anymore, but Sam Rockwell comes back as uh, Justin Hammer. <laughs> nice, it's, oh. it's wonderful. And uh, spoiler and spoiler, he's in Shang Chi. Oh. All right, and and once you watch Hail to the King, you'll understand why that's really cool. Okay, cool. Um. All right. Well, any additional notes you guys have? No, not really. Yeah. Uh, I I wish I had more to say about this movie, especially like it being a film that, again, I just kind of. Well, you were talking, you kind of uh, hesitated a little bit when we brought up uh, cinematography. I I think it's well shot. I don't know its best cinematography. Yeah. Like there's some. There's some shots. There wasn't anything that was like an iconic shot. Yeah. Like the most iconic shot I would think of was him like standing as the train takes off at the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, some of the funeral shots at the beginning are fine. I just don't think it's, it's no bicycle over the moon. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what did it be? Dustboat's no, like much better shot. Uh, E.T.'s much better shot. Uh, I don't know. I put Tootsie in there. Blade I Runner. I don't know if Tootsie goes in there at all. Blade Runner should have probably been in there. Uh, oh, I have a lot of what should have this year, but I, I'm sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to think specifically for yeah, within the nominations, but with yeah, Victor Victoria maybe should have been in there. That's a really a really gorgeous film. Uh, the Verdict should have absolutely been in there. But I'll get to that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just don't know. Cinematography felt like one of those ones where, like, it was the most cinematography because it's three hours and eleven. <laughs> <minutes>. Yeah, <laughs> give it an Academy Award. Yeah, but I mean, 
Dust Bullet is like five hour movie. So <laughs> give it to that. Yeah. It's also better looking. Yep. It's also this game Peterson. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah, it's another one where like I'm um also kind of having str- trouble. It's one of those ones you gotta watch. There's a lot of uh politics talk, but to me it's not boring. Uh yeah. a lot of right. scenes of him uh, you know, addressing followers or, or marching and stuff and and uh like, you know, scenes uh early on before he changes his attire and they go to the homespun clothing and he's they're all in suits and I'm I was remembering scenes from like Selma with uh Martin Luther King and mm-hmm. um just a lot of a lot of interesting historical stuff and Yeah. It's good. And a a really good like cameo cast because uh Candace oh, yeah. Bergen's really good in this film. Mm-hmm. Martin Sheen shows up as a fictional uh journalist who was really good. Uh uh, Richard Griffith shows up for the second week in a row. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, uh, <laughs> was was he uh the uh, from Chariots of Fire? Yeah, yeah the yeah. the one who was like, oh, we don't want Jews in this hotel. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then um, of course Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> film film debut of Daniel Day Lewis. Mm. Mm-hmm. Being like. We don't like you Indians on these sidewalks. We don't. <laughs> Come on, these sidewalks. I'm stab you in the face, Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Uh, uh, Ian Charleston, right? Did you? Or is it mm. Oh yeah, from um, from Chariots of Fire. Yeah, the yep. one who was wanted to help him bring the fast justice. That's right. Yeah, it's a yeah. couple of Chariots of Fire guys. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, it's a <laughs> nice movie. Movie. It's a good, it's a good movie. one. All right. Well, Paul, is this movie in the uh, uh so this movie this movie is is Indian and British. Uh Columbia only did the yeah. US distributing arm. So uh this week we're going to do what was the first film to get into the registry for nineteen eighty two. Okay. Uh, I guess I usually give you the list, right? All right. So the list is The Atomic Cafe, which is a documentary, uh, which I believe was like a a whole bunch of stuff about like duck and cover and whatnot. Uh, Blade Runner. Chan is missing. E.T., the extraterrestrial. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Illusions, a short subject. Koyanakatsi, uh, Losing Ground. Suzanne Suzanne, a documentary, short subject. And Tootsie. Well, this is kind of a hard one. Like, my uh, heart wants to say E.T., but I don't yeah. think. Mm, mm, I'm going to say E.T. 96. Mm, E.T. 99. Neither of you got the year or the movie. Oh. Uh, E.T. got into in 1994. Oh, wow. Which, which, which I'm glad nice. I didn't say on last week's episode because I almost did because, Zach, you guessed that Indiana Jones uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark got in in 1994. Oh. And I was going to say, oh, you must be failing next week where E.T. gets in in 94. <laughs> but I didn't. Um, well, well caught. 
The movie is Blade Runner. Okay. The year is 1993. Nice. It goes in in its second year of eligibility. I like which that. I, which I'm very curious about. Uh, when did the first director's cut of Blade Runner come out? Yeah. Do because you... I don't know that I put in the original cut of Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess, I mean, if they're they're putting in under the aesthetically important, <laughs> maybe. But, which yeah. which it is. I mean, it inspires pretty much that that whole style of noirish sci-fi uh, mm. to the point where uh, six years later, when Akira is released, it is pretty much completely visually ripped from Blade Runner. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that is it. it looks that like is our the Ridley Scott a director's cut was released in 1992. Well, there you go. That's I mean, hmm. that's probably why it gets in a '93 and not a '92 in its first year of eligibility. Fair enough. All right. Um, you guys want to guess the number one movie of the year? I know the number one movie of the year. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's one of those another one of those things where I, they really like giving it away in articles it, I read. Is it ET? Yeah. It's, it's ET. It's yeah. ET. Not yeah. only is ET the highest grossing film of the year. It it uh <laughs> it's the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like it goes on to make seven hundred and ninety two million worldwide. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a lot of money. Yeah. You know what's not in the top ten? What's that? Gandhi. Yeah, it's like twelve. Yeah. Uh Tootsie at number two, Officer and a Gentleman at number three, Rocky at number four, Porky's at number five. Like, yeah. Wait, Rocky? Rocky 3. Oh, Rocky 3. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, Rocky 3. Uh, Eye of the Tiger, the worst song ever. Got it. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our worsty judgments. And Zach. Yes, sir. Does this movie deserve best picture? Uh, you know, um, looking at the other nominees. And I hate to say I've only seen E.T. out of the others. I really wanted to watch The Verdict this week. It just uh, wasn't able to. I've never seen Tootsie or Missing. Um, I really like E.T., but um, it's not really one that strikes me as a best picture winner. Another one that doesn't really need it. Um, I think... I think Das Boot should have um, got a nomination because that's just an incredible movie. And yes. if, if you know, I, I know Paul will have more to say about Blade Runner, so I'll leave that to <laughs> for him to talk about. I, no, I'll just say this right now. In 1982, I don't nominate Blade Runner for Best Picture. Right. End of story. Like, I have five different cuts of that movie, and I watched three of them. Yeah. Which are, like, the, the 92 director's cut, the final cut, and the original cut. Because I have like a working print, I just haven't gotten around to, and right. another cut which I don't remember what the difference is. Um, but in '82, it's it's not a film that's if you like it, you like it. If you don't, I don't blame you. It's it's fine. It, yeah. the The '92 director's cut is the superior cut. The final cut's really good, but it it just doesn't change enough for it to feel like a different cut. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat with the director's cut so i wouldn't have nominated either um shout out to the world according to garp kind of a yeah uh, kind of a tough movie um <laughs> it's been a while since i've seen it but 
I think Sophie's Choice is really good, but another one that's kind of maybe a little over long, but you know, Meryl Streep is very deserving of the award. I think of that one. It's, it's amazing. Um, also, shout out to The Thing, Secret of Nim, and Last Unicorn. Last Unicorn should have uh, won Best Picture. Just kidding. No, I'm 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 good with. Um, I'm actually I do think Gandhi deserved Best Picture. I still kind of love it. Um, but if not that, Das Boat should have been up there. Very nice. What do you think, Jonathan? I am going to preface everything with the answer. Did Gandhi deserve Best Picture? Yes. But the reason we do this podcast is because we are trying to call out the Academy when they fuck up. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Academy, they task me. They task me and I shall have them. They ig- fucking ignored Wrath of Khan. Completely. Mm-hmm. Left it out. Even even Star Trek the Motion Picture got some nominations. Right? Like, yeah. what the serious fuck? How, first off, how did Ricardo Montalban not get fucking even looked at? Like, mm-hmm. the fuck? It just pisses me off so much. I will... I will say that this lineup for supporting actors is so good. <laughs> it is. I will grant you that. <laughs> but just fucking A. Other than that, I mean, I've seen Tootsie. Tootsie does not fucking belong on this list at all. Like, Tootsie is fine. It's not bad. It's just, I think, more of a run-in-the-mill movie than anything else. I've also not seen it in a few years. I was going to watch it because I wanted to see how it held up. But, yeah. But the rest of this year, man, is this is like this is a Jonathan year when it comes to movies, man. Like, I mean, yeah, like you said, the secret of Nim, that alone should have said, why is there not a best animated full feature mm-hmm. category? To and just give it to Secret of Nim. To be fair, in the 1980s, there wasn't really enough. Uh well, Disney's in a lull at this point. Yeah, and and there just isn't a lot of animated features coming out around this time but i mean because basically you're going to end up with what eight years of don bluth but essentially <laughs> which i'm okay with that yeah i'm fine with that <laughs> like, like <laughs> I, i'm excited i'm interested to see if he gets any kind of special recognition when we get to uh some of his other films but we'll see yeah and we had talked about this uh after we were done recording last week but the amount of uh fantasy like 80s fantasy that comes out of this year is yeah. like I know they're not Academy looked at. Like there's no way they can't be. Like Conan is an amazing movie, but yeah. it is not something that's going to go up against something like Gandhi. Some, some good old John Milius right there. Like everybody's favorite first thing you see every Saturday morning, Beastmaster. Yeah. Obviously, that's not going to get looked at. But hey, HBO stands for Hey Beastmasters. On there you go. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I like there's so much that came out that year. Like Hugh came out that year. Um, what else? Did I see on here? Uh, the Sword and the Sorcerer, like just so much '80s fantasy. It, Dark Crystal. I know we don't really. We love have Dark that. Crystal, but I right, love so, Dark Crystal. So, the, oh God, when's the last time you watched it, dude? <laughs> not, it's not it's a long, great though. movie, but fuck, it's boring after, especially uh, after watching the the Netflix series. I enjoyed the Netflix series, and then I saw I made the mistake of watching that and then watching the Dark Crystal. And don't um, do that. <laughs> I I just I love the Dark Crystal. I'm gonna stand up for it. Uh, it's way better than the Labyrinth. Yeah, oh, by, yeah, yeah, by yeah. a lot <laughs> easily. And I'm not saying the Dark Crystal is bad. It's just dry as fuck. 
kind of why I liked it. <laughs> but like, watch the Netflix series if you haven't yet. But just don't watch that and then the Dark Crystal. Okay. So, but yeah, in the end, yes, Gandhi definitely deserves Best Picture. You can't fight that. It's just that good of a movie. Um, but yeah, Paul. Yes. Does this movie deserve this picture? Okay. I know I'm not the guy with all the hot takes on here. That's usually Jonathan. I, I've never said anything wild or insane that that nobody agrees with. Never. Never. Okay. Um, I'm going to rank these movies now. And I'm going to start with the bottom of my list, which is Tootsie. And it's not that Tootsie's a bad movie. I think Tootsie's a fine movie. Yeah. It was, it was entertaining. I really love Sidney Pollack in this film. Uh, Terry Gar is great in everything, and she's gorgeous and should have won Best Act- Supporting Actress over Jessica Lange. That's me. Um, I just don't... I like Tootsie. I don't sure. think it should have been nominated for Best Picture, no. uh, especially in a year with Victor Victoria and Diner, World According to Carp. Yeah, uh, Das Boat. Um, just all better movies. Uh, my number three out of the other four nominees is going to be Missing, which is a film I really enjoyed. Uh, Jack Lemmon's Jack Lemmon's so good in that movie. Yeah. Like I've seen Jack Lemmon put in some really good performances. That performance might be one of his best. Okay, uh, it's also just a very depressing film that kind of robs you of all hope. So, oh, it's a it's oh it's from uh, Costa Gravas, who of course was the director of Zed. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, so if, if you kind of get the idea where I'm going, mm. uh, it's excellent. Sissy SpaceX really good in it. too. I highly recommend it. If you want to be depressed for like the next five hours of your day. Okay. I like that. Uh, my number two on this list is ET, the extraterrestrial, which is incredible. It's a film. I love a film. I have watched multiple times a film. My dad absolutely hates he thinks it's too emotionally manipulative oh that's exactly why i like it yeah (laughs) i think it's very emotionally manipulative yeah i was watching it with the boys harrison had to pause and (laughs) when when they were having the emotional link and and you know kind of dying there and harrison's like i'm out i was like no you gotta stick with it you gotta stick with it yeah i i thought about watching it with my boys this week but i was having kind of a rough week and i yeah and i just kind of like i don't know that i want to be in that specific mindset et is really good and it's 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 incredible and i'm kind of with you zach it doesn't need the best picture to uh be great it's et yeah uh it would have been nice for spielberg to have gotten uh directing by this point but they didn't they haven't given it to him yet uh so yeah et is my number two my number one of the other four is the verdict holy shit i had never seen this movie before i wish i could be as good at anything as sydney lamette is at directing films i if if you want to see Lamette kind of uh, follow up 12 Angry Men with another uh, courtroom drama where one man is standing up for the right thing for all the right reasons and nobody's listening to him and everybody's against him. The verdict is the the spiritual successor of 12 Angry Men and Mm. it is 
incredible. And it is uh, probably my new favorite Paul Newman performance. It's so good. Oh, He's wow. so fucking good in that movie. Okay. Like, it, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I don't think there's a scene without him and he carries it so well. And you watch him go from this drunk ambulance chaser who's given up on everything to having uh, Jack Warden kind of spill everything about him throughout the movie to other people. And you get this full picture of him to the point where there's a scene where he he's taken on this case and he goes to the plaintiff in the case, the, the, the whole reason of the case, I don't really want to give away what it is. Mm. And he goes from kind of like, I'm trying to make money by winning this case or even settling in this case to giving a shit and him going in to see the plaintiff and then him talking to the people who are going to settle. He's going to settle with those two scenes alone should have gotten him the Academy award for this film. Uh, I love Ben Kingsley as Gandhi. I think Newman's performance in this film is quite frankly, much better. Uh, I'm telling you it's, he's so good in this movie. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my number one. So that being said, Gandhi, while I'm not upset that it won Best Picture, I don't think it should have won Best Picture. It's going to go down in my number four in the rankings of these five films. Wow. Uh, That's just how much more I liked the other films. And uh, Best Picture should have been Tron. (laughs) You think so? Tron's the greatest film of all time. Ah, I'm still back and forth on that movie. I've never, I've always been, like, I... I need to give it another try again. It's it's one I've not. It's it's definitely not one of those like I feel like I'll ruin my childhood by watching that. Oh, oh but, man, I moved my locker. Um, not only do I I absolutely love Tron. I love Tron so much that we used to be friends with a DJ up in the Quad Cities, a Quad Cities DJ, if you will. Um, God damn it! Yeah. Anyway. Um, so we used to be friends. His name was Wes Jordan. He worked for one of the local radio stations and uh, he got uh, passes to a press screener of Tron legacy. And I guess I had talked Tron to him a lot. And he was just like, Hey, you want to come watch Tron legacy? Like two weeks early. I saw Tron legacy two weeks early. Nice. I got these little light disc magnets that I still have. And a couple of posters I lost when our, one of our rooms flooded. Mm. I still haven't seen it. It's great. It's amazing. <laughs> I had the soundtrack, but never saw it. <laughs> the soundtrack it's, is so good. It's it so is. much better than Tootsie. All the music at Tootsie is garbage. All the music at Tron Legacy is amazing. Yeah, I, I, I forgot to harp on how much I hated the music at Tootsie. The music at Tootsie took away an entire star from that movie for me because it is so bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Zach. Oh, yeah. Uh, got another question for you. Okay. Um, is this the worst best picture? No. Um, I think I've actually got it at my number 20. Nice. So it's my number 20, not the worst. No. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Jonathan. Yeah. Is this the worst best picture? No. Actually, it's my number 14. Oh, wow. Ooh. I have it, funnily enough. In between Rocky and Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> I have Lawrence of Arabia at 14. Which is... Where's Lawrence of Arabia? This is my number 13. 
Uh, I have Lawrence Arabia at 17. Okay. Uh, Paul? Uh, no, this isn't Forrest Beck's picture. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a nice movie. I have it sitting at my number 36. Hmm. I have it under Ben-Hur, which is at 35, and just on top of Gone with the Wind at 37, because it reminded me of both of those films. Okay. <laughs> good but flawed epics. Not theme. Huh. See, that reminded you based on theme. I would hope. Yeah, they covered up the racism like Gone with the Wind, and <laughs> it was is really... Gone with the Wind cover any fucking racism. <laughs> that shit was pretty blatant. No, 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 no. They they Glorified. tried to make it. Yeah, I was, I was gonna oh, say they, they tried to make to... it a good thing. Yeah, they okay. Yeah, they they masked the racism in that. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, they, because they all work there because they love working there, right? Right. That's what, slave, yeah. that's what slaves do. They were grateful for their white leaders. Yeah, but uh, it, so for me, I don't think it's as visually appealing as Ben Hur, but uh, I do like that Attenborough, uh, a British director, actually like points out some of the foibles of colonialism. Foibles, uh, such yeah. a fun word. Foibles. <laughs> it, it just popped in my head, and I wanted to say it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Attenborough's like, hey, uh, maybe we shouldn't have been like conquering all these other countries. That was pretty <laughs> shitty of us. <laughs> That's why I put it above Gone with the Wind. Nice. <laughs> All right. We have a Gandhi. So we're going to call it there? I think we'll call it there. All right. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me at the Twitter, at the Twitch, at the Letterbox, and at TikTok, at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, or TikTok, House Havoc. Uh, letterbox search by my name mr workman uh you can find me across the platforms at father the fear of twitter instagram uh tiktok and letterbox where i keep a running tally of all the films that i watch and this week i watched old henry starring tim blake nelson and man tim blake nelson is really good in that movie nice like me some tim blake nelson yeah i watched nothing this week did you did you watch some baseball though, Paul? We have to mention oh, that. My, oh yes, I haven't. Oh God, this is the first. I, I'm just in a stupor, and it still doesn't feel real. The, yeah. My Atlanta Braves are the World Series champions for the Woo-hoo! first time in 26 years. Uh, it again, it just it feels like a dream. I now now nothing else feels remotely as nice as that. And yeah. uh, part part of why my week's been so shitty is because I got too happy. Yeah. Hey, I love my brain. <laughs> I get it. Baseball. <laughs> Baseball has been very, very good to me. It's hey, all yeah. downhill from here. Yeah. Yep. So now until baseball season starts in. That's why uh, nobody likes the Red Sox anymore. They won. And then they no kept care. winning. <laughs> the Red Sox have won like four championships with four different managers. It's yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, don't talk so, to him he won that's what we learned from chariots of fire right yeah exactly. it's exactly it's a depression for the rest of the week hooray yay imposter Baseball. syndrome oh. all right uh what are we watching next week zach next week get out your credit card for those premium subscriptions because we're watching 
terms of endearment. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually excited for this one. Mm, me too. I Weird. want me some James Hellbrooks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can rent it on Google, Vudu, YouTube. Stream it with those premium subscriptions on Amazon, Hulu, Philo, Stars, or Sling TV. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, we would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like Chad Ramsey. Wow. Wow. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey. We would also like Chad Ramsey. Hey, Chad Ramsey, <laughs> come on the show. Um, we would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at The Oscarworthy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher like the three of us did with Pink Floyd's The Wall. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty rhythm algorithm. Yep. The rhythm algorithm? <laughs> I was about to say rhythm of Al Gore, but I retired that joke. Yes, clearly. <laughs> it's the rhythm of the wall in us all. Uh, for Jonathan, Zach, and Sir Richard Attenborough, who spared no expense, we'd like for you all to have a damn fine day.